Good day, everybody. Welcome to yet another day or another evening, whatever it is for you with Papa Joe. Hey, uh, this is like recording number 19th of this episode. This is how hard this one is to do for me. So uh, sit back, uh, relax. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some losses. All right, y'all, we're going to talk about a couple of things today. And by the time you hear this episode, uh, when I release this episode, hopefully you pick it up when it's released. Uh, it'll be 9-11, uh, September 11th. That's a big day for Generation Xers. Um, it's taken me a long time to really get through this and, and to record it properly because to Generation X, 9-11 is a, is a culmination of everything we went through and it was a defining point for, for Generation X. And I know a lot of people are going to fall into different, you know, are going to want to claim it and going to want to own it and going to want to have their different opinion on it. But I'm going to go through that for a little bit. But this year, 9-11 also falls uh, right on the heels of the loss of one of our, one of the biggest icons for me in music, a defining point in my life. Uh, whether people like it or not, music is a huge part of your life. And you can tell a lot by a person what they've been through, what they go through, what they are, what they want to do, their intentions by listening to their music. And for me, being being raised the way that I was raised in the upper Appalachians and in a small town. And I didn't come from an upscale family by any means, not even a middle-class family. All right. I had to experience a whole lot of things the hard way. And there, there's no point in blame there. There's no anything. It, it, it is what it is. But Jimmy Buffett was able to be a middle person. Sometimes I was an Aer Aerosmith person. Sometimes I was a ZZ Top person. Sometimes I was an Almond Brothers band. Sometimes I was a hair band. Um, I really loved the the band, Robbie Robinson and the band. A little bit of sticks and like that. But there was always a culmination, a middle ground when I couldn't figure out where I was at, where I wanted to be, or just relax. Jimmy Buffett brought that to the table. And it was a real thrill for me. My first ship, my first two ships in the Navy, actually, we did uh, drug interdiction and in the South, a lot of that in the Caribbean. And as a 19, 20, 21 year old man, it was a big thrill to me to live, to actually live my music where it was written and, and where it was meant, the environment it was meant to bring. And that really brought it deeper into my soul. And Jimmy Buffett, listening to Jimmy Buffett while we were cruising the Caribbean. Now, I say cruising the Caribbean. We didn't get on a ship and sip tea and, and all that stuff. It was it was hard, gosh darn work. But to go up on top watch and, and throw in my cassette tape, if that doesn't give you PTSD, that phrase right there, then you really get, the, get out of my generation. But to throw on my Walkman with my Jimmy Buffett cassette tape as we're approaching Carousel, Bermuda, the Bahamas, Haiti, or as we're just cruising around, there is really no better sunset or sunrise than out on the ocean. And I got to do that. Really, it, that that really threw me into a little bit of a spiral this week. Hats off to you, man. Enjoy your cheeseburger in the paradise. We're thinking of you. Now let's get back on let's get back on topic of of where we're at and why 911 is a is a big deal and it gets harped on all the time and I'm really kind of 
I'm really a little bit disheartened. Most years after 9-11, after the incident of 9-11, starting from the very next year, the whole week up to and including a couple days after, every year you're inundated with documentaries and, of course, along with the documentaries come the conspiracy theories and all that. I, I don't delve into those things. I see what I see. I know what I know. And that's all I need to know. But you're flooded day and night with that. Uh, starting last year, it wasn't that big deal. And this year, coming up to 9-11, on cable TV, and I have the Roku and Freebie and all those apps and stuff, there was one thing on cable TV late at night, a rerun of a documentary of 9-11. Have we forgotten already? And we really, really have forgotten. And it's sad because when, once you lose focus of 9-11, I'm not going to get into the whole pictures of the towers falling. And now they're, a couple years ago, people really spoiled it by going in there and showing pictures of the people jumping and all that. We didn't need to go there. We didn't, we didn't need to go there. It was already traumatic enough on whatever level. We don't need all that. Once the songs did their thing, Toby Keith... Trace Atkins, all these guys that did these songs of Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning by Alan Jackson. Never even played it. Once those songs play their play their way out and a new song comes in, now people set foot on our soil wanting to transcend the bounds of talk, wanting to bring the fight to us, whatever that fight was. You know, you could argue as a fight over oil, fight over, don't give a shit. I don't care. They came into our front yard and they did that. And still we are filled with what some dipshit president is saying. And we're going to argue over that on the news. The reason I say that was a defining moment for Gen X is because when you go through generations and you go through things, you have the defining moments, the things that define the generation. And then you have the actual actions. You have the actual follow through of it for the baby boomers you had the actions and the thoughts of the hippies and that kind of stuff. The follow-through was that they had us, and they were sellouts, right? We were defined. When you talk about a Generation Xer, they like to talk about drinking out of the garden hose and the big hair in high school and the hair bands and like that. That was superficial talk, all right? Those were things so that you could look, identifiers, if you will, things that you could look at and go, that's a Generation Xer. The guy with the beads and the buckskin coat, he's a boomer. The guy with the fedora and the, and the lucky strikes, that's from the greatest generation. Those were, once you carried it out and carried it through, none of that mattered. None of that mattered. We hit a point, and it was near the end of our generation. How do I know it was near the end of our generation? It wasn't really the end. It was the growing up of our generation, so to speak, adolescent days. If you grow up in a mature, normal, socially acceptable fashion. All right, I had a still I had a I had a daughter in elementary school. So the next generation was not able to take over. I was well into the grown up phase of, of my generation of my times. The millennials couldn't take it over and for us, that's why Generation Xers, we get so mad. And if you want to know why, why they get so mad, it's because we actually had a no-shit situation. We were told war will never happen again. You'll never go to war. That's why getting out of high school as a Generation Xer, you had three options. You could work if you could find a job. You could go to college or you could go in the military. 
all three were safe bets. If you had one of those three things, you were going to be fine. Well, going to war, you would think, no, you know, going going to the military, no, because you can go to war and you could you could die. There's never going to be a war. And up to that point, never going to be a war. We ran our mouths. People ran their mouths. The baby boomers, the greatest generation, they ran their mouths. They did whatever they wanted to do because nobody is going to challenge us. We are America. That will never happen. And it did. It wasn't a couple guys came in and killed a couple Americans and screamed, you know, Alu Akbar and, and all that. Or like we, we joke about, they didn't come in screaming, you know, Ola snack bar. But, but they came in. A bunch of them in a coordinated, a coordinated attack and killed thousands within hours. Within hours, folks. Everything that somebody said could go wrong or would never go wrong. That first tower was struck at 846. By 1007, the bell had tolled. By 1007, it was in the history books. In a couple of hours, in a couple of hours, Generation X had to figure out how to go from zero to 60. And now this is not a, a thing where you can figure out and you got time to go to counseling. You got time for all that bullshit. All right. If the stock market crashes, a few white coats out there lose a little bit of money on a spreadsheet and they go to the pub and they slap down some drinks and they go, well, it was a good time. I'm going to the poor house. It wasn't like that. If you buy a car and you get gypped, you can go to court and it'll work itself out. At worst case scenario, you're riding a bicycle. You're catching a ride with friends. It wasn't like that. This was a situation where we didn't know and we had to handle ourselves appropriately so that A, in the next 24 hours, in the next week, months, and years coming up, this doesn't happen again and we are protected. What was the damage that, w- that happened? That was that 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 was a lot to swallow, and it's a lot to swallow now if you think about it. Nine eleven is not about songs; it's not about waving your flag. Nine eleven is the culmination for Generation Xers of it will never happen, and if it does, oh well, it's a little inconvenience. You can bounce back later, bitch. There's three hundred forty three freaking firefighters that didn't bounce back. There was no bouncing back from that. And it's not a bounce back and try it from another angle. These guys came and picked a fight, and they asked for a fight, and we took it back to them. And that's why Generation X gets so grumpy and so mad at people. When you hear Generation X talking to people, go, it will never happen, and you should, and you should, and you should, and and this is what, what we ought to think. Understand, at some point, I'm not happy that it happened on my watch. None of us are. None of us are. We lost a lot of good people. My good friend, Andrew uh, Todd Arnold, he was set on a good course in the Marine Corps. He should be retired right now with me, and he should be retired right now bass fishing and all that, and he's not. He was, he was killed. Petty Officer Jeffrey Weiner, same thing. He should be a paramedic out there in Tennessee and Kentucky. That's what he should be doing. He should be riding around an ambulance on a fire truck, all right, complaining about coffee and 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 hangnails he's not those are that is that is why people need to listen because we see the 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 newer younger generation going on that path 
going they're going on that path they're getting back on the path that we were told to be on and they're not thinking about this stuff that it's going to happen and nobody's going to care on 911 nobody cared how your stocks were that was the least of the news and the only reason that the stock market news was even broadcast was because the stock market itself was shut down and it provided intelligence of what the rest of the world thought and did it had no indication of where Nobody gave a shit where your money was going that you had invested in your hedge funds. Nobody cared. Not, not one single bit. Now, how do we get back on this path? How do we get America back on this path? Because apparently it's more important to be on the either hate Trump or hate Biden path, which is entertaining. And being a news watcher, I do enjoy sitting watching it and catching them in their lies or going, you know what? You people don't understand what's going on or anything else and you have your own political beliefs but let's get off that path let's let's get back on it how do we do it all right as much as i hate acronyms and all that stuff and the things on the wall i want you to think about the three f's of of generation x and now if you ask a generation xer what is an f an f is a fuck you but that's not what i'm talking about these three f's are kind of an f you f you i don't care you stick to these three tenets You stick to these three tenets, and it doesn't matter what comes your way. If another 9-11 happens, we will be strong. We'll be strong as a family, as a state, as a country. We'll be strong as as what we should be. The first part of that is faith. After 9-11, a lot of places will tell you what filled up, and especially in in New York where the, the churches, the synagogues, and the mosques filled. The prayers came out, and I know the big battle cry from the millennials is prayers don't do anything. It's a realization that you have you have to you have to understand that it's a realization that there is a higher power. You don't have control over everything in your life, even when you think you do. When you think you have control, when you think you can manipulate it, when you hedge your bets, all right, at best you're 99%. There's always going to be that higher power whether you believe in it's however you it, it's influence on you it's place in your life on you that's up to you but you better have you better have some faith in something and i know for me as a christian it's really hard to have faith and i can tell you i've explored uh, multiple religions in depth i've settled on on christianity and I, that's the one that touches my soul and that's the one i really believe but that gives you a certain when you come from a, a a a spot, when you come from a, how do I want to say this? When you come from a place of faith, all right, you are recognizing it's not you. You are not the king. You're not the emperor. You're understanding that you are giving up power. You are relinquishing and acknowledging that fact that there is something else besides you. You may not know. You think you know. Neil deGrasse Tyson knows a lot. He doesn't know everything, all right, in his little science view. The best cardiologist in the world knows a lot, but he doesn't know everything. He might know 99%. You've got to have faith that there's going to be anomalies, little things. You know, we like to look for the mistakes. We're a litigious society. We like to look for mistakes. Sometimes they're just anomalies. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. Faith gives you that big overall that big overall dose of humility so that you don't make those mistakes that you don't or you're ready when those mistakes happen. 
so you don't beat yourself up over it. I hate people that beat themselves up over it. I had talked with Josh the other day at the football game. He missed a he missed a tackle, and he's over there beating his helmet. He's mad at himself. I'm like, dude, it's a mistake. It's it, it's an anomaly. What that kid did was an anomaly. He could have done 15 different things at that point. You bet on five of them. He took number six. There's no you weren't bad. You're not bad if you make a mistake. Sometimes that higher power is telling you, I want it to go this way for my reasons that are bigger than you. Now, how do you know where to go with your faith? You get it from the second F of family. Your family, as you're growing up, and, and, and I'm, I'm talking to mostly parents now and grandparents, it's important for us to, to guide them in their faith and to teach them those rules, their social rules that we have. You've got to learn the rules of your faith, of what to do, what's expected of you. And, and you, growing up, you're from, from birth to, in America, age 18, is a boot camp, basically. All right? It's up to you to teach them and test them in a controlled environment. All the social etiquette, the cursing, the smoking, the drinking, where does it fit in? How do I do it? How do I, you know, what do I have to moderate? How do I interact with the poor, with the needy, with the downtrodden? How do I temper myself, my wants and my needs? It really, it really angers me that now senior summer, senior summer was a thing that, that would happen from when you graduate in June, May or June of a year, and then till September when, when college starts or most kids would ship off into the military. That's senior summer. You're technically an adult, and we give we give those kids a pass. They're young. If they get caught drinking, we give them a ticket. Those things that happen in senior summer, they're given the accountability of young, immature adults. It's it's up to us to before they hit senior summer, and maybe use that senior summer as what the Marines would call a crucible, and say, "All right, test it out. You're a young adult. Test it out. Are you going to speed? Are you going to?" Are you going to cheat on the stock market? Are you going to invest your money? Are you going to save your money? Are you going to look for a, a floozy for a girlfriend? Or are you looking f- to build a relationship and start a family? Where are you going? This is the rules to get there. The, the third F where, where the rubber hits the road is your fellowship. Your fellowship, that's, that is where you are judged by the people you are around. Now, we talk about fellowship in the most common in my arena, the most common place that fellowship pops up is, is in either fellowship in the Masonic Lodge or fellowship in church. Now, I really get grumpy about the fellowship in church thing because it's not. It, it, it's a kumbaya time to, for, to see who's, who can kumbaya the best with, with Scripture. That's not fellowship. Fellowship is anytime two or more people get together. And anytime two or more people get together, it, it, there, there's a level of accountability that has to be there. You have a different level of accountability with your, with your family. Unless you come from a really toxic family, you're not telling your dad, your mom, your grandma, you know what, fuck off, I'm going to do my own thing. True fellowship is finding these people that are, that are on the same path as you. We call it like-minded, but really what we are is you're looking for people that have the same the same path, the same goals as you, and holding each other accountable. It's important that you choose those people in that fellowship very carefully. It's easy. It's real easy. If you're, I call, I 
I equate it to the same thing as 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 drinking and and drugs. It's it's real easy to go to the easy side and pick your friends that are yes people. Now you don't want ardent no people that are going to beat you down, but yes people all the time. That's not fellowship. That's a party. Fellowship is when I walk in as a fire chief, I can tell what kind of fellowship you're hanging around. When I walk in and I say who thought it was a great idea to be driving down the 64 at 90 miles an hour on the ice? And five people start laughing as number six is being pulled out of the car. That's not fellowship. That's a party. You know, who thought it was great that, that you guys bought, that, that, that you bought this house? Your friend bought this house on a variable rate loan and nobody said anything? Nobody said nothing? Dude, you need to find better friends. My my friends, the people I hang around, will tell me, dude, you're screwing up. Dude, you're doing good. Hey, how about here's an alternative? And they don't get mad if I don't take it, but they hold me accountable. Well, you didn't do it, so sorry. We're going out and you're staying home because you're broke because you spent all your money over there. That's fellowship. Those three things together, your faith, your family, and your fellowship. If you can get a bead on those three things, and if we can teach the younger generations those three things, then we are unstoppable. We are absolutely unstoppable. And as as harsh as Generation X talks and anybody who's successful in life, you know, when you look at it, those are the three, th- the three core values in their lives. And they'll call it different things. I don't go to church. I don't have faith. You got faith in something. When something goes wrong, you bow your head and say, please help. Please give me guidance. Whether it's a mushroom the great spreadsheet in the sky, all right, the bottle of whiskey on the corner. You got faith in something, your family. When your family start, that is why it's a big deal now when people start getting real emotional and start posting and they get a lot of social media uh, treadway on this toxicity, this family toxicity. Otherwise, nobody would care. They obviously care. It obviously means something to them. And fellowship is they're looking, they're looking, they're looking. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. It's okay to tell people, you can't be in my circle. As, as my Aunt Roxy says, and, and, she, and I, I should listen to her more, but Aunt Roxy says, no is a complete sentence. You get that from fellowship. I like someone who can tell me no. Why? Because I fucking said so. Because your family said no, your God said no. Don't come looking to me to say yes. Mm-mm, that ain't right. So keep those things in mind when we're when we're getting through this and we're talking about this on 9/11. Remember remember the thousands upon thousands that died not just that day but in the wake of 9/11. And when you look at the the best day in American history was 9/12. September 12th was the best day because we put all that aside. All the songs, all the news, all the clamoring was around those three things. The churches filled, the mosques filled, the synagogues filled, the covens were getting together, everybody. And it wasn't for nefarious purposes. They were seeking guidance. Something happened, we knew something happened, and this is huge. Help help us get through this. Families, on, on 9-11 and 9-12, the highways were clogged. The highways were clogged. When we were, I, I was part of a, 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 a a team my command was was de, was designated because we were in Reading, Pennsylvania. To if we were needed to come up with a, a way to get to New York City to help with relief efforts, the streets were clogged. 
The highways were clogged. The airways were shut down. How were we going to get there? And it wasn't just people getting in. As a matter of fact, my phone call in the midst of everything, when I should have been doing my military duty, I broke off and I made a phone call to my family. Something bad's happening. This is what I want done in fellowship. At that time, we, that, that's when people started coming together, find like-minded people. They found, some of them found the wrong boy. I found some real nut jobs came together. But we had to have a team. You have to have your own team. You have to have your fellowship, your guidance. Otherwise, you're going to go off the rocker. Everybody, when something like that happens, everybody's going to throw on their tinfoil hat, throw up their privacy fences, pull out their guns, and start growing gardens, which is a, a good fantasy, but it doesn't keep the government running, doesn't keep society moving, doesn't get our kids educated or fed. All right. I want everybody to take a minute. I want everybody to say a special prayer for the 343 firefighters that died, the special 343. And I want you to to keep them in your prayers, their families in their prayers. I want you to keep our nation in the prayers, and I want you to hold them babies tight. All right, love you. Peace out, folks.